I also have to say this, if Braden's in the house, um, now that was a pro prayer because he added the four square doctrine in the middle of the prayer. Did anyone all say that? And Jesus, and you are Savior. Because four square, there's four things, right? Jesus, you're Savior. I'm like, oh, what are the four? Like, and he's like, healer, and you're baptizer, and student coming king. I was like, four square, right there. So, <laughs> pro prayer. Just, uh, I'm sure Amy Simple McPherson would be so proud of you. Um, but here we go. We're continuing our journey through the book of Acts. It's, it's been fun. It's been powerful so far. But today I'm covering all of chapter 3. That's right. I told you. You guys didn't believe me. I told you we're going faster than we went through Luke. So here we go. Uh, the whole chapter 3 of the book of Acts. Someone just said, praise God. That's hilarious. Hilarious. But uh, we're going to start here in the first 10 verses. Uh, before I go any further, I want to pray again. God, it's just good to be in your house today. I'm so happy. There's this anticipation and expectation of your move, and we thank you for that. It's only something you can do. That's not just emotions. That's not just music. That's your spirit, and your spirit is speaking, and your spirit is moving. And so we want to be sensitive to you, Lord, today, and have your way. Even in this message, have your way. We want to leave here changed by the power of of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Here we go. One day, Peter and John, remember Peter and John, a couple of the disciples, they're going up to the temple and they're going up there to pray. It's three in the afternoon. Now there's a man, he's lame from birth and he's being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day. Everybody say every day. It's so important. And he's there to beg from those that are going to the temple courts. Again, Peter and John, they're going to the temple. They meet this man. And when they're about to enter, the man asks them for some money. Verse 4, Peter looks straight at him. So does John. So both of these disciples look at the man. And Peter says, look at us. So the man looks at them, giving them his attention. Why? Because he expects to receive something from them. But Peter says this, and we've all heard this before. He says, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helps him up. Instantly, the man's feet and his ankles become strong. He jumps to his feet. He begins walking. And then he went uh, to the temple courts. He's walking. He's jumping. He's praising God. Verse 9, when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized, hey, isn't this the same man who used to sit begging at that temple gate we call beautiful? And so they're filled. The, The crowd is filled with what? With wonder and amazement at what had happened to this man. So Peter and John, again, very familiar. We, we've talked a lot about Peter and John over the last few years. They're going up to the temple. But I want you to hear this. It's on the way to the destination of the temple when God decides, I'm going to use you to perform a miracle in this young man or in this man's life. Church, if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. It might be the most profound thing that I say all day. Be, yeah, and you're like, and I can just leave. I'll just write it down and I'm out of here. Be open to how God wants to use you on the way. Be open to how God wants to use you on the way. It's so easy to get consumed by the destination that I think we forget to keep our eyes open on the way. Right now, 2021, I think so many people, and I talk to people for a living, but I just think so many people are just trying to get to the other side 
of this season, right? Just make it through the season. Get uh, on the other side of the season where I think God might quite possibly be telling you even right now in this service that I want you to play a powerful part in the advancement of my kingdom right here, right now, smack dab in the middle of this season. Another way to think about it is we're trying to get to the temple when God says, hey, you are the temple. You are the temple because of my spirit. My spirit lives inside of you. And by the power of my spirit living inside of you, wherever you are going, I want people to experience the power of my presence through you on the way as you walk on your journey. And this is when life gets really fun. And some of you guys are just sick and tired of my optimism and my excitement and joy. But this is when life gets so darn exciting because if you are open to participating in the miraculous supernatural move of God on the way, well, now that changes everything because all of a sudden it all matters. Like everything, there's no coasting. There's just kind of no, just kind of meandering and sleepwalking your way through life. No, 24 seven, your eyes are open. Now it all matters, right? Safeway, Starbucks, schools, workplace, families, neighborhoods, 167, I-5, uh, at the service on Sunday. But come on, on the way to Sunday service, eyes opened to how God might want to do his work through us. By living this way, we're positioning ourselves for a miracle, right? Positioning ourselves to be a part of the supernatural work that God wants to do. But just not in our own lives. But we got to get our eyes on to somebody else, right? He wants to do something in us and through us. What? For somebody else's life. And that's when life gets really excited. In fact, I was just crying out to the Lord this week. Lord, I am ready to play my part in the miracle that you want to do in somebody else's life. Anybody else? Your heart cry. I am ready. I am ready. But we got to be open to be used on the way, on the way, on the way, on the way. I love that Mike is here today for a lot of reasons. But Mike and I, the last year, we've done this for each other. We've called each other. We've prayed each other. uh, and, And it's just at the right time. Right. I mean, it's just at the right time with the right words where we're like, what are you talking about? Like, how did you know? And it was the Lord, right? The Lord using each other. We needed a word from God. And the other person, because of the other person's faithfulness, their willingness to be used on the way, we were touched by each other. Anybody else want to play your part in being a part of the supernatural miracle in somebody else's life on the way? I don't, I just, I'm all about it today. I'm jumping in. Be open, church. Be open. Be open. That means there's no wasted day. There's, there's no wasted commute. There's no wasted uh, line at the grocery store. I said this last night in Fredrickson. I said, at the grocery store, that line, that can be one of the most powerful moments for you. But you're just counting to make sure they have 15 or less items in their cart. Man, but if you just started walking into everywhere you went, you know, just like a, with a quickness to your step, with just the buzz, the smile on your face and the twinkle in your eye, like watch out somebody because I'm going to be a blessing today to you. Can you imagine if that's how you walked and you lived your life 24-7? You, you, oh man, oh, you don't even know because I've been praying for you. I don't know you by name, but I've been praying that we would have this divine supernatural encounter. Watch out. Everything changes when you live that way. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I feel that. And I feel the opposite of that in a lot of people right now. 
But as your pastor, I want to encourage you. You carry the very presence of God. And by the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you, can you just commit to be a blessing in somebody else's life? God, use my life to be a part of the miracle that you want to do in somebody else. And if we start walking that way, if we start talking that way, if we start encouraging people in that way, our town would never be the same. In this story, this man's life is never the same. It's radically changed. He leaves this encounter changed. Why? Because two men, two disciples of Jesus, Peter and John, they're available on the way. Again, life spring, be available. Be available. And also, can we just get real about this miracle for a second? This healing is huge. Like, we do this weird thing with stories. Like, we just make them into cartoons. This ain't a cartoon. Like, this is real life. And also, it's not like we're just praying for a cold for a couple of days. And, you know, God cares about colds. You should pray for people's colds. But uh, do you remember what he had going on? Right? What was going on? What, what was his condition? He can't walk. He can't walk. Anybody else have a strategy for your life? Like how you're going to get through the next five years, ten years? I'm thinking about his strategy. It's like, can I find somebody to take me to the gate? So I can beg for some money. He's probably been doing this for a while. He's got his routine down. He asked Peter and John for money. He's expecting, yeah, they're going to give me something in return. And yet, Peter, I mean, praise the Lord, full of the Holy Spirit, available to be used by God on the way. Again, he's trying to get to the temple, but he's available on the way. He says, sir, look at us. And I just believe this, that he, he, he had slow feet, Right? He, he didn't, he, you know, have you ever done it? You just rush by somebody because you're trying to get somewhere. But he had slow feet. Just with that patience and that kindness and the goodness. and Just that heart of Christ. He says, look at us. Sir, silver or gold, I, I don't have that. But this is what I have and I'm going to give it to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Again, he's not just praying for a cold. This is something this man's been dealing with since birth. Can we all agree... That it takes just a little bit of faith to pray for something that someone's been dealing with since birth. When was the last time that you prayed? Ah, Right? When was the last time you had faith to pray for someone's healing with something that they've been struggling with, dealing with for a long time? This is going to get good. I'm so happy you're here today. Because I tell you, most of you know that I've had a chronic pain disease since 2007, 2008. And in those early days of pastoring here at Lifespring, I mean, it was, it was tough. I was pretty much relegated to, to walking. And no, no, I'm not making fun of you if you do this, but when the doctor said you could do, you know, the exercises, you know, pool aerobics, like that, that wasn't really exciting for me. <laughs> like, if that's you, that's awesome. But no, that was discouraging for me. Like, I don't want to do pool aerobics. Like, are you kidding me? No. Nothing physically demanding. No hard exercise. That was tough on me. I'm, I'm an athlete. I, I'm, a, I'm a jock, right? I, I, mean, I love all that stuff. And it was just tough. And, and the church, you guys were beautiful. Uh, that church back then in 2010, 2011, 2012 just prayed for me again and again and again. I remember my brother's church over in Evergreen Church down in Auburn. We had this joint worship night and 
And at the end of that, uh, my, my wife just was crying. She says, would you please pray for my husband? And she just had tears coming down her eyes. She says, please pray for my husband. And that whole group, they, they gathered around me and they prayed. And throughout the years, so many people praying for me. And, and, and maybe you've heard me say this, and I, I just absolutely believe this, that I started telling people that your prayers were better than ibuprofen. And it's true. Like ibuprofen, you've got to take every four hours. You know, it lasted longer than four. But sometimes it only lasted for five. You know what I'm talking about. But I tell you, even though the prayers didn't take away that chronic pain for good, I always felt better when you prayed. Every time. Every time. Through the years, I learned how to live a productive, happy life with pain. Again, many of you in this room know what I'm talking about. Anyone, you don't have to raise your hand, but you know how to live life with pain, right? I, I say this often at church. You learn how to have joy with tears in your eyes. You learn how to have joy with tears in your eyes. And, and through it all, man, whoo, He has strengthened me. He has matured me. I'm stronger than ever. He taught me how to be a joy-filled, positive, encouraging person, not in the absence of pain, but right smack dab in the middle of my pain. He gave me the ability to do hard things. No pity parties. No excuses. I'm a weapon to be used for the kingdom of God. Watch out, world. But then, Catherine C., on February 7th of this year, I was already having the weirdest experience of my life. It was right over here. I'm sure half the church left as they saw their pastor over here. Do you remember? I, well, maybe you don't. But I was over here February 7th, and I had told the Lord, I am not leaving until you touch me. I was not asking for healing, by the way, but I just said, I'm not leaving until you touch me. And I started shaking. And I started crying. I was like, what is going on? Felicia, who's here, started praying for me. And, and I fell over in the power of God. I've never fallen over in my life. I'm 41 years old. I fell over three times that day. After the second time, I got up to my knees. I kind of thought we were done with the whole thing. I mean, thank you, Jesus. And then Catherine C. says, Pastor Dan, I feel like the Lord is telling you, you are healed of your crime pain disease. Boom! I fall back down and I don't even know how to, again, like, ah, but here's the deal. I will, this is the best way I can explain it. In that moment, a rush of wind, like the largest, like the cavity of my lungs and my chest opened up like never, but it's like, and I just, I'm still weeping and crying and it was pure pleasure. It was just joy and peace and love and, and just all those things. And, and I don't have time to explain it all, but I just knew I was healed. I, I knew I was healed. It was like uh, back in, uh, uh, earlier I had an incredible healing and in, uh, back when I was in Spokane, it was just like that. I just knew I was healed. The Lord had healed me. But praise the Lord. This is what I want you to hear today. Praise the Lord for Catherine because she had the faith to pray for something. Again, that we had been praying for for a long time. Something I had suffered with for 12, 13, 14 years. And today I can tell you, I am healed and I feel great. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. 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 Where is God calling you to exercise that kind of faith? Again, I'm so thankful for Felicia and Catherine and their willingness to step out in faith that day. You know, they say that faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. You heard that one before. Uh, we're told in Hebrews, it's impossible to please the Lord with what? Without faith. Faith. 
I love uh, Peter's faith that's on display in this scene because, I mean, it takes a lot of faith to say what he says. But not only does he speak in the name of Jesus for this man's healing. Did you catch what he, I mean, that's incredible in itself, right? But did you catch what he does? He, he says what he says. But then he takes this man's hand. Oh, that's faith. I don't even know if I got that in me, right? He, by faith, he's, he takes this man who had not been able to walk his entire life and he helps him up. And it says what? His ankles and his feet became strong, instantly strong. Again, it's one thing to speak in faith. It's a whole other thing to act out your faith where you're grabbing somebody's hand. It's just this incredible healing. And as you keep reading, you, you can't help... But get the excitement. I hope you feel the excitement I was feeling this week. Verse 8, he jumps to his feet. He begins to walk. Again, if we can just mentally, visually kind of look at this. He jumps to his feet. He begins to walk. If this happened right now, we would be freaking out. He jumps to his feet and begins to walk. And then he goes with them to the temple courts, right? He's like, I'm going where you're going. And, and, and it's probably like, hey, guys, settle down. Because what is he doing the whole time? He's walking and he's jumping and he's praying. Like, this. what is going on? And all the people, verse 9, they saw him walking and praising God. They're like, hey, that was the guy that was begging over at the temple court called beautiful and they are filled with what wonder and amazement as what had happened to him i'll tell you what with my own healing some of you guys know this story i started working out started working out really hard because i could do it like woohoo i haven't been able to do that for a really long time and, and I can honestly say I had this walking, jumping, praising God moment in August. So this is just two months ago. I hadn't shared this with anybody except for Kyla and my wife. Uh, I was bold enough to share it last night in Fredrickson. But uh, I just felt like the Lord was telling me, Dan, be vulnerable today, be open. And, and, and so I'm going to share this video with you. Again, this is from August. Okay, well, here we are. This is a big moment. Only my wife and God would know how many days I worked from bed in 2010 and 2011. Only my wife and God knows that I took medicine, pain medicine, for over a decade for my chronic pain disease that I called my get out of bed medicine. But also, hopefully more than just God and my wife know that I was radically healed February 7th. And my last prescription medicine was on March 21st. And yet now today, I am Oh man, I'm almost there. I've almost made it to a half marathon. 13.11 miles. I'm just celebrating the Lord today. God is so good in my life. I'm so thankful for my wife. And I'm so thankful for Jesus. There it is. We made it. Woo! Woo! Yeah! Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Just a reminder, I, I think often we don't step out in faith like this to, to pray for healing because we know the story doesn't always go like that. Right? Let's be honest. We've lived lives. We're, we're humans. The person doesn't always get better. The illness doesn't always... Go away. The pastor doesn't always run a half marathon. But I want to talk through that a little bit. I get that. I get the hesitation to to pray like that, to talk like I'm talking today. And I honestly believe that hesitation comes from a pretty sincere and loving place. 
Because we're actually good people. And we don't want to spiritually manipulate anybody. Right? Anybody else here? Like, and if there's a sickness or a disease going on and they're in pain, the last thing you want to do is add any undue pain or any undue hurt in another person's life. We care about people. We show people dignity and respect. And so again, I think the hesitation comes from a sincere and caring place. But I want to pastor us through that just a little bit. We've got to remember, as we read the Bible, Jesus gives us permission to speak like this. He gives us permission to pray like this. Throughout Scripture, you don't even have to look that hard. He invites us to pray and to ask in His name. I mean, you've heard it, right? Whatever you ask in my name, this will I do. And by the way, it's not just like once that He says it. It's not even twice that He says it. Multiple times. So you can pray in this way. Why? Because Jesus invites you to pray in this way. Now, in the end, even as you pray these prayers of faith and in faith and by faith, the reality is God is God and I am not. (laughs) Even when things don't go how we want them to go, we're still going to trust in the Lord because we're Christians. That's who we are. And we trust in the goodness and the faithfulness and the love of God. But I want to encourage us today. Grow in your confidence of speaking and praying in the name of Jesus. Again, don't misuse it. Don't abuse it. Don't turn it into some cheap magic trick. But you are filled with the power of God. And Jesus has given you power and authority in His name. And in the name above all names, you can speak against every sickness, every disease to be healed in the name of Jesus. I love this quote by John Wimber. He, he's quoted as saying, I'd rather lay hands on a hundred people and have one person healed than lay hands on nobody and have nobody healed. I have that heart today. I think many of us in this room, we want to walk out our life in that way. I would rather lay hands on a hundred people and have one person healed than lay hands on nobody and nobody healed. Amen. Amen really want you to think about that in your life. What does that look like in your life? God's speaking this morning. All right, I want to read the rest of chapter 3, and then uh, I'll close with a few thoughts. Verse 11, while the man held on to Peter and John. Again, this is incredible. He's holding on to Peter and John. All the people are astonished. They come running to this place called Solomon's Colonnade. Now, when Peter saw this, and he saw this crowd, he says to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the Holy and Righteous One and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life. At this point, it's a very encouraging message. You can read. And you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is in Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that he has completely healed him. Praise the Lord, as you can see. Now, fellow Israelites, I know you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But see, this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that this Messiah, he would suffer. Repent then and turn to God. 
Repent so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? And that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Wow, that's, that's intense. Uh, verse 24, Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days, and you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, Through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. Hallelujah. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you. Why? To bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. So good. Now, there's a lot in there. I don't have time to cover it all. Uh, yeah, I get that. So I'm just going to tell you what caught my attention this week. The scene is amazing. This man is healed. It's drawing a commotion amongst the people. They're astonished. They're amazed. And yeah, they should be because this man who could not walk now can walk. He's healed. But did you catch this? A crowd gathers. And I was reading this this week, and when I preach, I love to just read it again and again and again before I ever put anything down on paper. But as I read this, I thought, you know what? We read something pretty similar just a chapter ago in chapter 2. Right? The Holy Spirit in chapter 2. The Holy Spirit falls on the followers of Jesus in power. They begin to speak in other tongues. The crowd gathers. Remember, it says, Scripture says they were amazed and perplexed. But then what happens is the crowd, amazed and perplexed, gathers. What happens? Peter stands up. Peter stands up. He addresses the crowd. He explains how you have killed the Messiah. But I call you to repentance, to be baptized. He says, save yourself from this corrupt generation. And how many people believed that day? 3,000 people said, we repent and let us get baptized and be saved in the mighty name of Jesus. But now in today's story, do you see this, church? Something miraculous happens. A man is radically healed. A crowd gathers. And who stands up to address the crowd? Peter. That's right. Peter. Two points for you. Peter comes up and he addresses the crowd. But listen to his message. He says, you killed the author of life. Again, his messages are so encouraging. But he says, but God raised him back to life. And it's in his name and by faith in his name that this man was healed. And I love verse 19. He says, and repent. Repent. So many pastors just tiptoe around repentance. It's okay to call people to repentance. You know why? Right here. Because when you repent, when you turn to God... Your sins are wiped out. And what happens? A time of refreshing comes from the Lord. Oh, I got friends who are just dying in their sins. And the only answer is to repent. Turn to God. Have your sins completely wiped out. So the refreshing of the Lord can come in their life. But life stream, I don't want you to miss this for the past few weeks we've been reading about all these signs and wonders many of us right now are experiencing signs and wonders i loved pastor rich taylor's testimony a couple of weeks ago of uh, his own uh, healing uh, that's happening in his life but it's so important that we catch this god uses these radical moves of his spirit in both stories to open people's heart to what to a message of repentance and salvation in jesus both times. 
Both times it causes the scene to gather. Both times uh, by faith and courage and bravery, Peter stands up by the power of the Holy Spirit. He stands up and he addresses the crowd. Both times he delivers, again, a very challenging and convicting message. But both times he offers opportunities for them to get right with God, to repent and to believe in Jesus. Did you catch that? He's utilizing signs and wonders as an open door for the preaching of the good news of salvation and eternal life that is found in Jesus. It's so powerful because, church, I want you to consider now your life. Think about your life. Think about your Christian walk over the years. Think, think, just consider all the healing that Jesus has done in your life. Think of all the signs and wonders. And God forgive us for how we take for granted His many miracles that He's done in our life. Come on. Like, think about your marriage. Consider your marriage. You, you know where it was. Can you praise the Lord for what God is doing in your marriage? Consider your children. Consider your finances. Or if you can't go there, let's go the opposite. Consider the accident you didn't get into. Consider the job that didn't get taken away from you. Just all that God has done. But I want you to consider this is so important that we hear this. How are we leveraging what God is doing in our lives to make God known to those around us? So important. How are you and I leveraging what God has done, is doing, and will continue to do in our lives? How are we leveraging it to make Him known, to put His name and lights to the world around us? Because Jesus has done great things. And He is doing great things. And what He's doing in your life has the potential to be a power-packed, life-changing testimony to those around you. It's your story. Your story. Faithful to speak your story of what God has done in your life that can be the open door for you to share the good news of Jesus to your friends, right? To your family, your co-workers, your neighbors, even strangers. And so I just say this this morning before we leave and get out of here. Before God does it again, and God will do another miracle. That's just who He is. We, we read it all the, all the time, right? He's the way maker, the miracle wonder, working God. But can we make that commitment right now before he does whatever he's going to do? That is what God does in my life as it draws a crowd. Can we commit? We're going to give all the credit, all the praise, all the glory to Jesus. Can we just settle that one today? I, I'm so thankful for Tammy and Hannah Giordano. I mean, they lost everything in that apartment fire. Everything. Devastation. And yet from day one, Tammy, and we've talked multiple times, but since day one, she has been giving the credit to God for a miracle. In the midst of it all. You've heard her, right? She just gives, she keeps on praising God for a man named Devin. Devin who woke up and, and just started shouting and getting everyone out safely out of that apartment fire. Praise the Lord. Someone like that, with all that they've been through, they're giving God the glory for the miracle. <laughs> but, Lightspring, I want you to hear this. What He's doing in your life, He wants to use it all to make Himself known to the world. Through your testimony, through your story. Please do not relegate it to some pastor that you saw on YouTube. It's your story that many might find salvation and eternal life in the name of Jesus through you. I thought of it this way as I was praying this week, that your life would be the spark 
your life would be the catalyst for your friends, your family, your neighbors, your co-workers to repent and believe in Jesus. As I close, I, I want to share this story. As most of you know, we're a four-square church. Braden eloquently talked about it in our prayer time. But our founder, Amy Semple McPherson, she had many revivals where so many people were healed. 2021 is this 100-year anniversary of what they called Stretcher Day. And I, I have a picture here uh, of Stretcher Day. In the midst of a revival in Denver, they had this day where the hospitals and the homes brought very sick people to a service that was created just for them. I want to read this quick account from someone who worked that event. They wrote, Although many attended the regular services being carried on cots and beds, the sick and the afflicted throughout the city, homes and hospitals began to beg for a meeting of their very own. And this was held in the forenoon of the closing Sunday. Even though we had been expecting and planning for it, it was a shock to see the great number of beds, scores and scores of them, placed row on row in front of the platform. Many, lying upon their deathbeds, were still unsaved. How they needed Christ. Many knew little or nothing of real salvation. So many people raised their hands for prayer at the end of the message, signifying that they wanted someone to pray with them for salvation. A great scene indeed, a scene never to be forgotten. There's an article by the Denver Post about Stretcher Day, and the Denver Post writes that 12,000 people were there that day. Longing to be healed, but in the midst of a healing service, they found true healing, the salvation that is found in the name of Jesus. And that's amazing, but me i'm just like let's go (laughs) i mean let's go father god do it again do it again by the power of your spirit do it again and you know we say we're a praying church and we are but let's be honest there have been so many unanswered prayers or at least they were answered in ways that man we weren't uh, expecting not in ways that we asked for. And I, I just want you to hear this, though. Through it all, have you noticed this? Have you noticed that prayer and the culture of prayer is only increasing at LifeSpring? It's kind of crazy, too. Like, even as some of my closest friends, my favorite people in the world have passed away in the past few years, have you noticed that the passion, the fire, the fervency, the power of our prayers has only increased? Anybody else notice that where the enemy thought he could extinguish the fire, that the fire is only burning brighter than ever? Has anyone else noticed? Like, what is going on? Like, I have more faith than I've ever had. It's an amazing time to be a life spring. And here's the deal. We're going to keep on praying in the name of Jesus for people to be healed. Because I would rather lay hands on a hundred people and have one person healed, then pray for nobody and have nobody healed. So that means you, whatever your need is today, if it's a physical need, if it's a mental need, a spiritual need, whatever that need is, please do not leave here without us praying for you. I'd invite Nicole and the team to come back up. Allow them to pray for your healing and may your healing be the catalyst for somebody else's salvation. Every time I say this, it makes people squirm. But I love Seattle. I love this region. 
I think this is the best place in the world for the Holy Spirit to fall in power and for many signs and wonders to happen. I think this is the best place in the world for crowds to begin to gather all over this region. And as they gather, may you and I be ready to call them to repentance, to put their faith in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins and for eternal life with their maker. And may it all be to the glory of God. Amen. So God is here by His Spirit. He is for you, not against you. And some of you just need a touch from the Lord. And maybe you've been praying for this thing for a decade. But can we just have the faith to pray again? Again, I mean, even... It's better than ibuprofen, right? Even on the foundational level, it's still so good. But also, I just believe this. I have confidence for this. I have faith for this. That some of you are going to be radically healed today. And it's not just for you. It's because God wants to make himself known to this region. Seattle's a pretty spiritual region, actually. It's just the wrong spirits. So we invite the Holy Spirit to do what only He can do. Many would come to repentance and salvation in Jesus. So as Nicole and the team plays, uh, I'd invite the prayer team to come up now. And maybe uh, if you guys could come up and Pete and Joe and Grace and Kathy. Yeah. And and we're going to pray. Before I do that, If there's anyone here who's never put their faith in Jesus, I just want you to hear this. It doesn't matter what you've done. Because you've convinced yourself that you've just done too much to be saved. Let's go out for breakfast. We can compare stories. My story's pretty ugly. I've done some deuces. And yet God, through His Son, has forgiven me. I'm righteous not by my own works, but by the work of Jesus on the cross. But you can only be forgiven. You can only be saved if you turn away from your life and the way you've been living without God and turn toward God. Surrender and believe in His death and His resurrection for the payment of your sins, but also to wash you clean of all your sins, whiter than snow, unblemished, free in Jesus. So if that's you, if anyone wants to say yes to Jesus, would you just stand up and come up here and we're going to pray and and we'll just settle this now. And we'll be hanging out for eternity in heaven. Yes, sir. this time, uh, we're going to spend the next 10-15 minutes uh, just praying for people's healing, salvation, um, whatever you got going on. Nothing too big, nothing too small. God is able to speak His name and the power of His name through it all. So let's go and play. Uh, if you're maybe not needing any prayer,
prayer, just I would just say sit with the Lord, uh, spend time with the Lord. Uh, this is a safe place to experience His presence. And for the rest of us, let's just spend some time praying and seeing what God wants to do. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.